It's Thursday, the 22nd of April, 2021. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Sean Aylmer. Financial advice is in the spotlight as the government announces a new inquiry three years after the Hain Royal Commission. That's our main story. Also coming up in today's podcast, retail sales surge allaying fears of a slowdown in consumer spending, the entire board of Australia Post to face a Senate inquiry, and China's man in Canberra calls Australia conniving. After the podcast, we talk to Deborah Corum from SafeTrack about what needs to be done to clean up the culture inside some of the country's biggest companies. But first, is a brief look at markets. Wall Street rebounded overnight after its falls 24 hours earlier. Third quarter earnings season in the US is dictating sentiment. In early afternoon trading, all the major indices were up around half percent or more. European markets were also generally higher with the stocks Europe 600 closing up 0.7%. The S&P ASX 200 closed down 0.3% yesterday to 6,997 points, though in late morning trading it was more than 1% lower. Healthcare stocks rose by more than a percent, while technology stocks were down almost 2%. Oil prices fell about 2% overnight after figures showed oil stocks in the US were higher than expected. The price of gold was up almost 1%, and the Aussie dollar is trading at 77.5 US cents. The Federal Treasury will review the quality and affordability of financial advice in Australia and the problem of underinsurance in the economy. The review, announced by the government yesterday, will determine whether ethics and standards in the industry have improved three years after the Royal Commission into banking. The inquiry will also consider the critical issues of quality and affordability of advice. The financial advice industry has struggled in recent years. The major banks have shifted out of the sector. AMP, once the country's biggest provider of advice, is trying to downsize its business. Figures show that there's expected to be around 13,000 financial advisors by 2023, half the number before the Royal Commission. The key reasons are that changes to rules governing the industry effectively abolished commission structures, and people weren't prepared to pay upfront fees. Governance increased, triggering new education standards and paperwork. Advisors have struggled to stay afloat. On top of that, a handful of bad advisers, sometimes tied to the big banks, were highlighted in the Royal Commission, destroying the public profile of the sector. The irony in it all is that people need financial advice now more than ever before. The COVID-19 pandemic demonstrated how important it was for individuals to have access to expert help. This is both in the accumulation stage of wealth before people retire and after they retire. The government needs to get this right. If it doesn't, Millions of baby boomers who are retiring now and the generations beyond will end up with lesser financial outcomes, putting a strain on the economy for decades to come. In a moment, the rest of the news you need to know this morning. In overseas news, later today, President Joe Biden's two-day virtual climate summit will kick off, which will hear from Mr Biden, Pope Francis, Vladimir Putin from Russia and Xi Jinping from China, among others. The summit's goal is to reinvigorate the global fight against climate change. A host of countries are expected to put forth new goals. Britain, for example, will commit to a new plan to cut its emissions by 78% by 2035, which is 15 years earlier than previously stated. While much of the world moves on, COVID-19 remains a crisis in many economies. Overnight, Turkey reported its worst ever day for fatalities. France said it would ease nationwide restrictions from early next month, despite persistently high daily infection rates and deaths. 
Globally, there have been 143 million recorded cases of COVID-19 and more than 3 million deaths. Streaming giant Netflix reported disappointing subscriber growth for the March quarter, highlighting that many digital companies that did well during the COVID pandemic might struggle as economies rebound. Netflix said it added 4 million subscribers during the first three months of the year, one quarter of the pace of 2020. Its share price tumbled more than 10%. And the new European Super League has collapsed less than a week after it was announced, after the six English football clubs pulled out, leaving just three Spanish and three Italian sides in the competition. Locally, March retail sales rose by 1.4%, allaying fears about the slowdown in consumer spending. So far this year, retail sales have been soft, but the latest figures from the Bureau of Statistics were stronger than forecast, and annual sales are up 2.3% from a year earlier. Spending in cafes, restaurants and takeaway services was strongest, with Victoria and Western Australia leading the way. The result follows a boost to consumer sentiment during the month, low interest rates and ongoing strength in the employment market. The entire board of Australia Post will be called to give evidence to the Christine Holgate inquiry, including several who have strong links to the Liberal Party. The inquiry is looking into why the former boss of Aussie Post gave four senior staff members Cartier watches and whether it was appropriate. Calling up the entire board is extremely unusual. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has refused to apologise to Ms Holgate for comments he made in Parliament after the leaking of the bonuses, while Treasurer Josh Frydenberg has been forced to rule out any privatisation of the group. China's Deputy Head of Mission in Australia has said his country has done nothing intentionally to hurt its relationship with Australia, conveniently leaving out the different bans and tariffs placed on Australian goods over the past year. Instead, Australia and the United States' actions to block Chinese company Huawei from 5G networks was a way of suppressing China's economic interests. Huang Jining said Australia had connived with the United States in a very unethical, illegal, immoral suppression of Chinese companies. Really? The comments came as Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said she would use new powers to end Victoria's so-called Belt and Road Agreements with China. The new powers allows the Commonwealth to veto deals it views as contrary to the national interest, and it's cancelled four agreements, two with China and one each with Syria and Iran. Prime Minister Scott Morrison yesterday formally announced programs worth $276 million to create four new hydrogen hubs across the country and $263 million for the development of carbon capture and storage projects. He said lowering emissions through technology would be essential and Australia needed to work in collaboration with other nations to achieve globally scalable and commercially viable technologies. Mr Morrison stopped short of making any major commitments around climate change targets. The PM will attend President Biden's summit tonight with Australia, which is one of the world's largest emitters on a per capita basis, considered a laggard in the fight against climate change. Pfizer and Moderna-style vaccines could soon be manufactured in Australia after the Victorian government committed $50 million towards establishing a facility to produce mRNA coronavirus vaccines. These vaccines have yielded strong results from clinical trials, and experts hope they're more adaptable to prevent or control new variants of the virus. It will take a year before the facility is operating at full capacity. Meanwhile, the National Cabinet meets today and Premiers will push the Prime Minister to fix supply issues in the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. Following on from Rio's high shipping volumes announced on Tuesday, BHP said it had moved 66 million tonnes of iron ore during the March quarter. 
It came as output from Brazil miner Vale missed expectations, and the price of iron ore hit a new record of close to 190 US dollars a tonne. BHP is also benefiting from high copper prices, which have more than doubled over the past year. While its South American assets have been affected by COVID-19, its massive Olympic Dam mine in South Australia has been virtually operating as normal. The main negative from yesterday's market update from the Big Australian was a downgrade in export targets for its coking coal division. BHP's share price yesterday fell half a percent. The New South Wales government has agreed to pay a Chinese company $100 million to not build a coal mine on the Liverpool Plains in the northwest of the state. It comes after more than a decade of fighting between farmers and environmentalists and mine developers over the mine. The money will be paid and the exploration licence will be cancelled. Financial services group La Trobe Financial is considering listing on the ASX or a trade sale as it looks to take the next step in its growth. La Trobe is owned 80% by US investment group Blackstone and 20% by the O'Neill family, which started the business back in 1952. It comes just a day after Latitude Financial successfully listed on the bourse. La Trobe is estimated to be worth around $2 billion. Most people who access their superannuation early due to financial hardship caused by COVID-19 used it to pay their mortgage, rent or other household bills. A report from the Bureau of Statistics said for those who accessed their superannuation twice, the average withdrawal was $17,441 and the average single withdrawal was around $7,600. Energy giant Santos has agreed to provide Rio Tinto with 15 petajoules of natural gas from later this year. It's a win for the beleaguered natural gas industry in Australia, although Santos's share price fell 1.1% yesterday. The share price of data analytics group Nui tumbled 15% yesterday, after the group said it would fall short of revenue predictions. Shares closed at $4.29 and are now more than 20% Below its listing price late last year. Newey was the largest float in the latter part of 2020. Corporate travel management said it broke even during March and expects to make a profit during the three months to June. That's a change for the group ravaged by the economic recession and lockdowns. The group reported strong domestic demand in the Australian and New Zealand region and expects to pick up in the United States and United Kingdom as vaccines are rolled out. Its share price was one of the best performing on the bourse yesterday, up 3.5%. Freight rail transport company Horizon said its third quarter coal haulage volumes fell 6% as China's demand for Australian coal tumbled and bad weather affected shipments. The group also lost a contract with Queensland power station Stanwell. Its share price fell half a percent. Toll group Atlas Arteria said traffic during the March quarter was down 12% and toll revenues were off 9% on the back of COVID-19-related movement restrictions. And Ardent Leisure, which owns Dreamworld and White Waterworld theme parks on Queensland's Gold Coast, has warned its business was challenged by trading conditions and the loss of JobKeeper subsidy on March 28. Stay tuned after this episode for the Fear and Greed Daily interview. Today we're getting into the issue of culture at work. There have been some very high-profile cases lately of sexual harassment and inappropriate behaviour at the very top of major companies, not to mention rape allegations at Parliament House. We're speaking to Deborah Corum, CEO of compliance platform SafeTrack, about what needs to be done to improve corporate culture. Deborah talks about how the fear of getting it wrong and landing on the front page of the paper is forcing a lot of companies to take it seriously. But even so, she says a lot of management teams will need to be replaced before there's meaningful change. It's a really important topic and well worth a listen. 
The Daily Interview is up next in the Fear and Greed playlist. Don't forget to spread the word about Fear and Greed, hit the share button or just tell your friends and colleagues. And make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. It's Thursday, the 22nd of April, 2021. I'm Sean Aylmer and that was Fear and Greed. Enjoy your day.